and welcome back. This is Linda Pinizzato of the Condo Expert on the Hayes FM. We're talking about the history of, indirectly, a little bit of history of real estate from 1979 moving forward. Yes, I've been around in real estate since that time, and I'm very happy to say that I'm really good at it now. <laughs> anyway, you know, it's really interesting. There's a book out there. It's called The Present. I love it. Love it. It's a very, very small book. And you can just go pick it up at any chapters or wherever you want to pick it up from. And it's amazing. It basically reflects on experiences that you've had in the past. And you've learned from those experiences and you've brought them into the present. And of course, you've decided to bring in things that you really should be doing as opposed to things that maybe weren't the best experiences. But the other thing is, is planning for the future. So learning everything that you have done that you're presently doing and reflect on it all to make it better and have a direction for yourself for the future. So I think that the bottom line about this whole book is awesome. Like you've got to read into the story and believe me, it'll make you think twice when you're doing certain things. So we're talking about real estate that's moved into the present times now, and we're talking about condominiums. So interesting enough, I left off with 2000, 2001. And in 2001, there were so many new construction sites. I remember when they launched 363 Front Street down in downtown Toronto. It was amazing. I mean, they sold that entire building overnight. You know that people, it wasn't like being on Boxing Day. I mean, it was a Boxing Day of condominiums. People were actually camping outside. It was an ADEX Concord site and now called City Place. And what they did was they actually were sleeping outside about two nights prior to the actual doors opened up. And at the time, you only had to put $500 as a down payment. And that building, like I said, it sold overnight. And it was interesting too, because it was actually a circular, it's a circular building and it's pretty much, you know, I would probably guess at least 90% of it's made out of glass. And, you know, it's a nice complex. It's interesting because some of the rooms are somewhat unique because of course it is circular. So you don't really have any corners or anything within a lot of your rooms. But the interesting part about this whole picture was, is that they developed something called an assignment back at that time. So whoever came in and purchased, they knew that the minute they purchased, that number one, they would have to deal with a specific real estate office, which was actually part of the whole development scene. If they decided that they weren't going to keep their condo and they wanted to actually sell the contract. So what an assignment is, is that when you're not keeping the product that you've purchased and you're literally assigning your paperwork onto someone else, because you're not an owner, you're just somebody who has put a deposit down and an assignment can happen on either. It doesn't matter. I mean, assignment can happen either on a condominium. It can happen on a uh, commercial property. It can happen on a semi-detached or a detached. I mean, it can happen on any property really, provided that the contract agrees that you are able to assign the property. Now, in this situation, what had happened was in 2001, when these sites, when people came in and purchased these sites on assignment with their deposit, they also had to give down a series of down payments. So whatever the down payment series was, I mean, back at that time, believe it or not, they only, a lot of these sales went down at 10% down. I know a lot of the builders nowadays want 20 and 25%, but back in 2000, 1999, 2000, 2001, the down payment structure was a lot less. 
So as the building was finished and completed, of course, you know, you had to put in more of your down payment until you get to the time when you actually have to occupy the unit. So if anyone decided that they wanted to exercise their right for the assignment, number one, they cannot put the property on the real estate market because they don't own it. They're not an owner. All they are is someone who has secured a contract with the fact that they've put a down payment on a particular unit. So they cannot put it on the MLS system. The other thing they can't do at that time, it was that they wouldn't be able to rent them out. Because again, it's assignment, so you have to go through the stages. But what the developer did do at that time is he allowed people to transfer the assignment paperwork. So as long as the new buyer that came in that bought the contract was able to come up with the amount of the deposit. So if the deposit was $10,000 or $20,000 or $30,000, whatever it would be, they would have to come up with that exact same money. So therefore, the contract from the original buyer would transfer over to the contract of the new buyer. That lets the original buyer off the hook and the new buyer is going to continue on. That would be an advantage to the new buyer you know, because moving forward now, I mean, he's right in the thick of things from day one, so he'd have to go through the occupancy. But it's a much bigger advantage to the previous buyer because if he purchased the property for the sake of an investment or whatever the case may be, he actually, at that particular time, would be able to not have to go through the, the costs involved with closing the transaction because literally he's come away from the whole contract He's gotten the money. He's now gotten whatever the profits would have been from the time that the builder sold it to him until the time that he then sold it or actually sold the assignment clause paperwork over to the second. So he had some profits involved in there. And funny enough, when that came down with that complex, I saw a few other complexes that uh, actually were under construction between, you know, literally from 2000 till about 2002, 2003, 2004, up to about 2005. But I didn't really see a whole lot of assignment privileges. But then somewhere along the way, there was a transitional change. And even though we do have a condo act, what happened was in 2003, some concerns came forward with our provincial government with respect to short-term rentals. Now, at the time, they didn't call it short-term. They actually called it transient. In the last week, I actually went back into all of our uh, different ministry files, you know, like anything to do with uh, changes, uh, bills, something that would actually affect, you know, the Condominium Act and any histories like private members' bills that might have been put on the table. And I was very, very shocked to find out that in 2003, the transient tenancy under 37.4 Bill 78, which was actually introduced at the time from MPP George Smitherman, had its first reading in June 3rd of 2003. And a concern was brought forward at that time with respect to short-term rentals and transient circumstances. I think the forefront was to take a look. If you want to see this information, by the way, as I mentioned earlier, just go into coaontario.com and you'll actually see the uh, transcript from the reading. 
and you can read step by step everything that happened at that time. And and I think it's really important to take a look at this because there is a concern out there with the short term rentals. But the very, very sad thing about this transcript is, is after I read through it, and I mean, you know, involved in it at the time, all the information that came through here, I mean, I'm looking, there was questions that, oral questions that came on the table. And the sad thing about it was, is that the minister, the government did identify that there is a problem with the short-term transient tenancy. However, no sooner did they find out that there is a problem the ruling that came down said that as long as the builder, the, the builder states the transient or puts it into the uh, paperwork, the declarations, which are actually sent, given to purchasers of new construction, then they were okay to leave it in there. <clears throat> so I'm a little bit surprised about that. I was actually very surprised about that. A lot of new information that's coming to the table, but that in particular, the reason I'm mentioning it is because these short-term rentals nowadays, there's a lot of ind- independent people that are going out and they're buying a condominium, they're furnishing it, and then what they're doing is is that they're putting it on websites out there and they're making it as a short-term rental so someone can come in for the weekend and they can come in and rent the property for one or two or three days. And, you know, that type of thing is really going to hurt uh, not only our housing industry, but it's also going to hurt the restaurant and hotel industry. So to now find out that it actually was on the table with a private member's bill back in 2003, I have to say that that's really taken. And and I only found this out by mistake because what happened was is I was actually looking to see the private member's bill for the Condominium Act and concerns on uh, Rosero Marchese, MPP for Trinidad Spadina, numerous times had put forward a private member's bill And this was well before the McGuinty government in June of 2012 stepped in to announce the building of the condo of a new condo act and making changes and opening up that whole forum. So, you know, there's been a lot of things that have transpired from the past until the present. And I think, again, you know, when I go back to that book, there's a lot of things that we have to learn from the past and bring them forward because the future of condominiums is at stake with this whole review. The review has to be meant and put forward for consumer protection. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato, the condo expert at the Hayes FM. We'll be right back. Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. Hello there, it's Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. And, you know, I have to thank you for tuning in to Connect Me Radio. Every week we have the shows, you know, Wednesday and Friday nights at 7 p.m. And you can also listen to podcasts, you know, at lindapinazotto slash buzzsprout.com. And also iTunes, just type in Linda Pinazotto or Condo Expert. 
One thing I want to mention is, although the name is Condo Expert, I try to touch a lot of different subjects because, you know, one thing revolves to the next. I mean, you can talk about condos, you can talk about single family homes, you can talk about the market, the economy. You can talk about last week, it was about bugs and pest control. We've talked about mortgage financing, lawyers, the Condo Act Review, what's going on with our city hall, municipalities, provincial government. Today, the episode's been about modular homes. We touched on mobile homes. There isn't a subject that I can't touch on. And if you are interested in listening to something that has tweaked your mind and you just can't find the real information, please email linda at lindapinizzato.com because this is where you're going to get the information. And it's fun, it's exciting, and at any given time, just type in condoexpert.com and it will give you the total rundown of all the shows that have been out there. There's over 200 shows. Now's the time to learn more. As a realtor for the last 35 years, I've been so fortunate to learn so many different things about everything that we have talked about, and I'm here to help you. So thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato at The Condo Expert. Hope to hear from you soon, and have a wonderful, fabulous day. Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday, 647-977-7113, itmayday.com.